news. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Welcome back to another edition of the 5-Minute Pick-Me-Up. This is a weekly series where we talk about stories of entrepreneurs that we meet or entrepreneurs that we know to hopefully get you motivated for the week to come. Uh, And this week we're talking about ourselves because, well, you know what? It's our podcast and we like to talk about ourselves just like all of you. Stop it. You know you do. This is actually a story from a little bit before Vadim and I started our first real company. I say real company because we've had six or seven ideas where we made a little bit of money, but I don't think we could really call them businesses. It was, But the real company was a software business. And uh, as you know, if you listen to the show, Vadim and I got our uh, business chops in sales roles at several early stage companies in Boston and New York. And even though I was trying to uh, not pigeonhole myself as a career salesperson, that's just not something as I saw myself, when I moved to New York in 2012 or so, 2013, it was difficult for me to get a job that wasn't in sales, so I so I ended up taking a job in sales because that was the first one that was essentially offered to me, but it ended up being a very good experience. Uh, the job was essentially selling a very technical product that I had never had the experience of selling before to large enterprises. It was an IT infrastructure monitoring solution. Boring. Yeah, super, super boring, and I thought well, so to myself. Still, I'm sure. I thought somebody. so to myself, and they actually hired me to do inbound sales, meaning when people were interested in the product, I would just uh, call them and and find out why they're interested. That's a pretty easy sell. There's already implied interest there, but uh, toward the last couple of months of my tenure at that company, the new vice president of sales decided to force me and another colleague to cold call. Actually, we had to make 100 calls a day. Now, mind you, this was only a few years ago. Probably, what, three years ago? Three years ago or so? Um, about four years. Five ago. now. Four or five. five years, yeah. Damn. Yeah. We're getting old. Yeah. Four years, I guess. Yeah, four okay. years. Well, anyways, this was relatively recently... Uh, and this is just to kind of prove that cold calling actually is still a tactic that's employed by a lot of sales organizations, direct sales force companies. And it was actually not unusual to ask probably the team to, to do something like this or at least try it out as a customer acquisition yeah. tactic. The, the company wasn't doing too well, I'll be honest. And so they were desperate to try everything. Uh, and so cold calling was something that we absolutely had to try. Not something I signed up for. I already had the experience of working in a sweatshop like like the movie Boiler Room making cold calls. But here I was, again, uh, depending on it for my job. And so, yes, I was charged with calling large enterprises where the deals were potentially in the millions of dollars. And I had a list of about 50 companies where I would call two people in each company, including the CEO. And I was calling one day uh, a bunch of really top Fortune 500 CEOs of companies, one of them being Sprint. And to my surprise, if you've ever been in sales and you do a cold call to somebody more really, really important, uh, and that person pick up, picks up the phone, <laughs> there's there's this like really nervous feeling that sets in uh, where, I don't know, like your sphincter tightens. And <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it, it, they don't even have to be that important, but they have to be in a position of power. And of course, a CEO of a major organization is going to be a little more difficult. And difficult to reach. So yeah, you don't you don't expect them to pick up the phone. You hope, I guess, but you really don't expect it. So when I called the CEO of Sprint, I was going down the list. It was about I was about 50, 60 calls through, most of them going to voicemail. Uh, and I really didn't feel like talking to anybody that day, so I was pretty happy about that. This the CEO of Sprint picked up the phone. I was I was uh, flabbergasted for for half a second because I knew I needed to talk. And then so I got into my spiel, and here's exactly what I said. Ring ring. Hello. Hello, Steven. Yep, this is him. 
Hi, Stephen. I'm, I'm calling because I've spoken to a few folks uh, in our industry who told me I should reach out to you about the infrastructure monitoring technology my company has been developing. Do you have a few minutes for me to let you know a little bit about it? Uh, sure, I'm running to a meeting soon, but uh, tell me what you got. Yeah, actually, what he said to me in reality was, uh, yeah, you got about 15 seconds. <laughs> really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're saying I played so, a terrible Steven. The pressure was on. And, and then I went into my pitch. Now, luckily, I had... 15-second versions, 30-second version, and a one-minute version of my pitch ready to go just because I knew that not everybody has time to spend you know minutes listening to a pitch. And in fact, Vadim and I talk a lot about uh, the importance of communicating value or communicating what you want to say as succinctly as possible because most people simply don't have time. Did he end up giving you more than the 15 seconds? Uh, he did, but I was I stayed pretty close to it. I probably spent maybe 30 seconds talking about the product. It couldn't have been more than that. It felt like it was so fast. And uh, immediately after, he said, all right, well, you know, that sounds pretty interesting. Let me introduce you to our uh, vice president of uh, technology and our vice president of IT. And uh, you can let him know more about it. And then he'll circle back with me. And that's a win, right? That you, you needed to accomplish something with the phone call. You know, you're not necessarily going to start pitching or get an opportunity to fully pitch the CEO, but that's not even important in this case because now the CEO is telling you exactly where you need to go in the organization to uh, see if there's any value you can bring to them. Uh, and if it's coming down from the CEO, they're that much more likely to react to a little bit more positively. Absolutely. Uh, you're not going to ignore, no matter how important you are, if your CEO sends you an email, you will pay attention to it and you will act on it in some way. Now, uh, trust me, I had to follow up several times to have to get him actually to introduce me to someone. In fact, I think uh, one of his assistants took over. He didn't even reply. His assistant uh, made the introduction, but it was from the CEO's name, and so it held just as much weight. So if we take a look at actually exactly what I said and what happened and why I was successful in engaging the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, number one, I didn't even introduce myself. Like I didn't spend time saying, hi, I'm Sergey Rebson calling from Company X uh, and I'd love to tell you about my product. No, I didn't mention my name and I didn't mention the company name simply because I knew he doesn't care and he's not going to remember it. He's never heard of that company. He's never heard of me. It's a waste of time to try to squeeze that if I know I have about 10 seconds to grab his attention. Huge mistake that people make both in cold calls and emails. You don't need to waste time on information that's not critical. Exactly. Secondly, I used a little bit of a trick, uh, which, you know, was a little risky, but it was fake social proof. I said, I've spoken to a few folks in the industry who told me I should reach out to you about this technology, right? So uh, a few people in the industry, who did I talk to? He could have actually to told me, oh, who did you talk to or who told you to call me? Uh, and, you know, I, I did have some story, backstory that I could make up. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't that convincing. And I'm really glad he didn't, uh, he didn't ask me that question. But that was a risk I was willing to take so that he didn't think I'm just some regular sales guy that's calling and immediately decide he wants to hang up on me. It was as if as it was from a referral. And then finally, in the end, I, I asked him if I can let him know a little bit about it. I, or I, I actually said, can I spend just a few minutes telling you about it? And that was a follow-up question that required a response from him, which is good. And also it set the expectation that it was going to be uh, pretty quick. And in fact, he made me do it even faster than I would have liked to do it in. When you have somebody really important, like the CEO of a very large organization on the phone, you're literally doing the elevator pitch, and that's the only thing you should be focusing on. In any situation that you're in, try to understand what's the most effective thing that I can do in the limited time that I have. Hopefully this episode motivates you to pick up the phone and call that somebody that you've been super shy or scared about calling. Just make sure you're prepared with the most effective thing that you're going to say that's going to get them to act. That's it for the 5-Minute Pick Me Up. We'll see you later in the week. <laughs>